We're talking about Freedom Weekend, and if you uh, were able to, to see what's going on all over America today, I tell you the thought I had, I just wonder how many that says they're born again, bought by the blood of Jesus Christ, got drunk last night. Did drugs last night without somebody else's spouse last night or a total stranger. And yes, maybe they were in the house of God this morning trying to repent of that. But they need to read the word of God a little more carefully and see what it takes when you willfully sin. Oh my, preacher, you're meddling, that's my job. Acts chapter number 22, let's start in verse number 18. The Bible said, and saw him saying unto me, Make haste and get thee quickly out of Jerusalem, for they will not receive thy testimony concerning me. Boy, I've been a lot of places where they didn't want to hear about Jesus. And I said, Lord, they know that I imprisoned and beat in every synagogue them that believed on thee. Now listen to what he's saying. And when the blood of thy martyr Stephen was shed, I also was standing by and consenting, notice this, unto his death, and kept the raiment of them that slew him. And he said unto me, notice this, Depart, for I will send thee far hence unto the Gentiles. They gave him audience unto his words, and then lifted up their voices and said, Away with such a fellow from the earth, for it is not fit that he should live. Are you listening? Kill him. That's what they're hollering. And as they cried out and cast off their clothes and threw dust into the air, the chief captain commanded him to be brought into the castle and begged that he should be examined by scourging that he might know whether, notice this, wherefore they cried so against him. And as they bound him with thongs, Paul said unto the centurion that stood by, Is it lawful for you to scourge a man? Notice what he's saying now. That is a Roman and uncondemned. When the centurion heard that, he went and told the chief captain, said, Take heed what thou doest, for this man is a Roman. Then the chief captain came and said unto him, Tell me, art thou a Roman? He said, Yea. And the chief captain answered, notice what he's doing, with a great sum obtained I this freedom. And Paul said, but I was free born. Then straightway they departed from him which should have examined him. And the chief captain also was afraid after he knew that he was a Roman. And because he had bound him, on the morrow, because he would have known the certainty 
Wherefore he was accused of the Jews, he loosed him from his bands and commanded the chief priests and all their council to appear and brought Paul down and set him before them. Father, I thank you again for the opportunity right here. God, that we as your people might hear the word of God tonight. and Lord, that we might answer and come together in agreement tonight that Jesus is Lord. Lord, that not only will we hear the word, but Lord, we be doers of the word, that God, you'd be glorified. Father, we thank you and praise you for all things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. <clears throat> I'm glad today I'm a Christian. In Romans chapter number 6 and verse number 1, the Bible said, What shall we say then? Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? God forbid. How shall we that are dead to sin live any longer therein? Knowing you not that so many of us as were baptized into Jesus Christ were baptized into his death. Therefore we are buried with him by baptism into death that like as Christ was raised up from the dead by the glory of the Father even so we also should walk in the newness of life for if we have notice this been planted together in the likeness of his death we shall be also in the likeness of his resurrection knowing this that our old man is crucified with him, that the body of sin might be destroyed, that henceforth we should not serve sin. We're talking about being free. We're preaching on what do you need to be free. For he that is dead is free, freed, freed from sin. Are you with me? Say amen. I hope and pray that God will reveal to you this scripture. Now, if we be dead with Christ, we believe that we shall also live with him, knowing that Christ being raised from the dead dieth no more. Death hath no more dominion over him. You don't want to die? Be a Christian. You'll never die. But if you're lost... The thing that you fear the most, which is death, you will do for eternity and never ever get through dying. Now think about it. Hey, that right there is enough for me to switch sides. I mean, if you're afraid of dying, why would you stay lost? (laughs) I want to go to the land of the living. Likewise reckon ye also yourselves to be dead indeed unto sin, but alive unto God through Jesus Christ our Lord. Are you with me? Say amen. Let not sin therefore reign in your mortal body, that ye should obey it in the lust thereof. Where does that leave us? Well, it leaves us searching the scripture to understand that we can be free. Amen. That sin can have no more dominion over you. Meaning ruling you. Amen. Uh, You know back when you were lost and I hope and pray it's in the past tense. 
not the present tense, that you were lost, not are lost. Amen. That you realize that you just serve the flesh. The flesh had a desire, you made sure it got it. Amen. That's enough said right there in itself, isn't it? So how could you say, as we talked this morning about being free, how can you say you're free when you have an addiction? And that addiction covers many areas. I could stand here for the next 20 minutes and, and ask you what you're addicted to. You know, some folks are addicted to money. That's all they think about is more money, more money, more money. Some people's addicted to fame and popularity. All they think about is having their names on the billboard, in the headlines. They've got to be first and forefront, and everybody's got to be looking at them. That's an addiction. Amen. I think about how many folks go to church, and if the preacher don't brag on them, they puff up, pout up. Yeah. He didn't brag on me. Well, let me ask you a serious question. If you're free and you're free from sin, why would you want your reward here? I want my reward after a while. I I don't care if they ever say my name, just as long as they say Jesus. Like Brother Fred said a while ago, they ain't got to talk about charity missions, talk about Jesus. Amen. If we just get that in our head and go about doing what the Father, listen, let me help you tonight somehow, some way. If you understand what I'm saying, you'll be more free than you've ever been. Because even though people get saved, stay with me now, don't let me lose you, they allow the devil to hinder, to hamper, Oh, I'm in the right patch. Ain't nobody saying amen or oh me. And sometimes we get to the point we don't know if we should or if we shouldn't. See, Satan's got you all bound up because you say, well, should I testify? Should I raise my hand? Should I ring the bell? Should I go pray? And the devil said, nah. And we say, okay, okay. And then we get home and the devil say, you should have rung a bell. You should have testified. See, the devil can do both sides of the fence. He don't care. He just wants to destroy you. He wants to keep you bound. He wants to keep the joy out of you. And if he can rob you of the joy... You know what he'll tell you the next time you come to church when you didn't obey God the last time? God's mad at you. <laughs> you're going to have to go repent in front of everybody and you're going to have to stand up and tell them why. And the flesh don't like to do that. The flesh, first of all, don't ever want to admit it's wrong. The flesh don't ever want to say, hey, the word of God is right. Satan is a hindrance. He'll bind you. Yeah. Paul said, hey, they know I was there. In every synagogue, did you catch that? He said, I I was holding the coat and consented unto Stephen's death. What was he saying? 
I was playing the part for Satan. Now, notice what he said. He said, they know this. And yet they're wanting to kill him for talking about Jesus. Hello? You know why? Because it didn't fit their program. Amen. I mean, if Jesus come in, the program goes out the window. (laughs) When Jesus moves in, (laughs) we ain't under that penalty of sin no more. We ain't under the law. He come to fulfill that law. Amen. And Satan don't like that and Satan's church don't like that. There's many places in the Bible where he said, Oh, Lord. And then we have Simeon saying, How much would it cost to buy this? And then you got the soothsayer over there saying, Hey, why'd you take her and get her saved? She is a moneymaker. Yeah. And the church was following these things. I mean, go read what Jesus did to the church. He had to run the money changers out of the house of God. So what is he saying? They'd made the house of God a trade lot. Amen. They had made the house of God a circus. It's a shambles. And he took and whipped them out of the temple of God. Now listen, you ain't got the picture yet. Them that was in high authority said, we can't have this now. He's running our money making deal down here. I want to tell you something, and I want to say this to every preacher who will hear my voice. If you're only preaching for money, shut your mouth and sit down and go get you a job. You've held up the show long enough. You need to be saved yourself. If the only reason you've got this book in your hand and stand behind this sacred desk is to draw a paycheck, you sorry rascal, you you need to be saved and sanctified and filled with the Holy Ghost. And if you get that, it won't matter if they pay you or not. You want to preach. You want to shout. You want to mind God. We've got a crowd out there now It's good motivational speakers and the whole congregation is promoting it. Oh yeah, we got to have him. I'll tell you something, Brother Richard Cole is going to preach revival. I love to hear that man preach. He ain't never asked me for a dime. No, he'd come up here and preach if he had to pay me. Scott Campbell would too. Scott Campbell told me right here in this church one night, I handed him what love offering we took up. He said, preacher, just keep that and let me come back tomorrow night. I said, you're coming back anyway. He said, well, just keep it anyhow. I said, no, 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 it was taken up for you. Right? I said, I want to hear, I want to hear men that's full of the Holy Ghost. Hey, I like to have some church members like that, full of the Holy Ghost, come to church because they want to serve and worship God and because they're free, free from the burden of sin, free from going to hell, free from the devil's clutch. Oh, God, have mercy. It's time, church, that we stand up. Lord God, somebody open the door and let the volume out. I've heard my own message twice. Big mouth. I'm glad. Some of you are hard of hearing. 
I keep preaching, you still ain't heard it. Amen. Church, we need to be free. Our government in our land right now is trying the best to bind our hands. You can't preach this. This is a hate crime. If it's in this book, it ain't hate. It's love. Truth is never, ever told you in hatred. It was told you because they love you. Amen. Now, if you're sinning against what this book says, friend, I want to tell you hell is a terrible place to wake up and say, I wish I'd have listened to that old preacher. I wish I'd have read that book. I wish I'd have been free from the sin. Hey, church, it's time we realize we are the vessels of God. And we want to sit here on our, as my old timey parents and Papaws would say, on your laurels and do nothing. Yeah, you know what that means? Look it up. <laughs> Turn back in the book of John, chapter number 8, and let me read. I'm going to try not to preach more than two hours. John, chapter 8, verse number 31. Then said Jesus to those, notice this, Jews which believed on him. If you continue in my word, then are ye my disciples indeed. You tell me you're free? Why don't you continue? Are you listening? You tell me you're free. Why don't you continue? And you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. Are you with me? They answered him, We be Abraham's seed and were never in bondage to any man. How sayest thou? Ye shall be made free. Jesus answered them, Verily, verily, I say unto you, Whosoever committeth sin is the servant of sin. And the servant abideth not in the house forever, but the son abideth ever. If the Son therefore shall make you free, ye shall be free indeed. I know that ye are Abraham's seed, but ye seek to kill me <laughs> because my word hath no place in you. I speak that which I have seen with my father, and you do that which ye have seen with your father. Boy, let that soak just a minute. Daddies, mamas, our children are going to act just like us. My mama whipped my britches a many a time and said, you act just like your daddy. <laughs> oh, yes, my mama did that. Bless her heart, she should have killed me. They answered and said unto him, Abraham is our father. Jesus said unto them, If you were Abraham's children, you would do the works of Abraham. <laughs> hey, if you're a Christian and you're set free, why aren't you doing the work of the Father? Hello, church. You're saved? <laughs> you need to prove it. You need to prove it. I mean, if God is your Father... The Holy Ghost is in your life. Jesus saved you. Then where is your actions to prove that he lives within? You've never testified. 
You've never stood up and said, Jesus, save me, and I don't have to go to hell. You ain't never done that. You ain't never had a crying spell, a shouting spell, a running spell, a bell ringing spell. You ain't never had no desire to get in the choir. You ain't even got enough desire to come to Sunday school, come back to church on Sunday night and Wednesday night. You want to tell me that you're Abraham's seed? You need to go back and read Abraham's life. Yeah. Lord God. All right, am I telling the truth? Am I? Abraham was a godly man. Abraham was willing to kill his only son. I mean to the point he done drawed back. We talk a good fight, but our actions ain't much. You ain't preach. You ain't free. You ain't, Lord God, help me, Jesus. You ain't free, I said. You know the trouble with a lot of folks is they've sat in church so long they think sitting in church saved them. Yeah, Grandpa was here, Grandma was here, I've been here, Daddy was here, Aunt and Uncle was here. That don't make you saved. You need to have a personal relationship with God. He said, we're Abraham's seed. He said, if you are, why ain't you doing like Abraham? Abraham had enough faith, didn't he? Looked at Lot and said, you choose. Whichever way you choose, I'll go the opposite. You see what Lot's choice got him? Can I say that again? You see what Lot's choice? I don't know what you're talking about. Read your Bible. Read your Bible. You'll know more about what we're talking about. Woo, you ain't free indeed till you find Jesus. Oh, if you're Abraham's seed and Abraham's children, why don't you do the works of Abraham? But now you seek to kill me, a man that hath told you the truth, which I have heard of God. This did not Abraham. Notice this. Ye do the deeds of your father. What is he saying? You bunch of devils. That's what he is saying. He's saying it in a polite way. He said, I don't see no Abraham in you. Come on, church, help me a little. Go back in the book of Romans, chapter number five. I'm trying to hurry. I know you're wanting to get home and watch reruns. You just can't wait to get there. Romans chapter five, verse number 15 says, but not as the offense, so also is the free gift. For if through the offense of one many be dead, much more the grace of God and the gift, notice this, by grace, which is by one man Jesus Christ has abounded unto many. That free gift came through Jesus Christ and him alone. There's no other name given. Amen. I don't care if you think Buddha done it. Buddha didn't do it. Muhammad didn't do it. There ain't no other name other than the name of Jesus. That'll set you totally free. Are you with me? Stay with me now. (laughs) I'm having fun. And not as it was by one that sinned, so is the gift, for the judgment was by one to condemnation. But the free gift is of many offenses unto justification. For if by one's man offense, death reigned, talking about Adam, 
By one, much more they which receive abundance of grace and of the gift of righteousness shall reign in life by one, Jesus Christ. Mentioning free and mentioning Jesus. Reminding us that Adam sinned and we're under that penalty of sin. Therefore, as by one offense of one, notice this, judgment came upon all men to condemnation. Even so, by the righteousness of one, the free gift, I'm talking about being free, came upon all men under justification of life. For as by one man's disobedience, many were made sinners. So by the obedience of one shall many, many be made righteous. Moreover, the law entered that the offense might abound. But where sin abound, grace did much more abound. That as sin hath reigned unto death, even so might grace reign through righteousness unto eternal life by Jesus Christ our Lord. Are you with me? Say amen. amen. So by this man Jesus, we have been freed from the penalty of sin. All you had to do is be born and you was under that penalty but you have to be reborn to get out from under it. Chapter 6 with me there right quickly. Let me hurry. Verse 18, excuse me. Chapter 6 in Romans, verse number 18, the Bible said, Being then made free from sin, ye became the servants of righteousness. Hold on a minute. Isn't that measuring you? Isn't that judging you? He said, if you were made free, you're not a sinning anymore. But you're made righteous. So if you're made righteous, you should be doing righteous things. You know, them simple little things like coming to church. You know, them simple little things like paying your tithes. Like a testimony every once in a while about the love of God, the mercy of God, the blessings of God. Just simple little old things that we should be doing because we're saved. We should be in the highways and hedges and when we see a door open that we can put Jesus in, we ought to step in that door boldly. Say, let me tell you about my Savior, what he's done for me. Hey, the door's open most every week to every one of us at one time or another. Somebody's saying, I'm down on my luck. I'm out. I've had a hard time. Hey, that's an open door to put Jesus in there. Because you were made free. <laughs> if I had you up here right now and had a gallows and had a noose around your neck and had my hand on the lever fixing to pull it and drop you and hang you and somebody came by and freed you, would you not tell somebody about it? Yes, you would. So if you were freed from the penalty of death through Jesus Christ, why have we never told anybody about it? If we're truly free, hey, somebody came by, caught the rope. <laughs> You'll get it and you go to bed tonight. <laughs> uh, verse 20. For when you were Notice this, the servants of sin, you were free from righteousness. 
What is he saying? He's saying, you can't be free and bound to you. You're either one or the other. And I'll say this, you might be a very weak Christian, but a Christian's still a Christian. And if you can sin and there ain't no conviction, you're lost. I mean it seriously. You're lost because he will whip his children because he loves you. He ain't going to let you sin and enjoy it. Thank God for a Holy Ghost conviction. Preacher, you ever had it? A double dose. Verse 22. But now being made free from sin and become servants to God, ye have your fruit unto holiness and the end everlasting life. For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Now I'll tell you something that's pretty plain. Being made free from sin and become servants to God, ye have your fruit unto holiness. I'll tell you something. It don't matter if there's one pair on the tree or a hundred. When you're hungry and reach to get one, one's all that matters, ain't it? So if you've got fruit, somebody's going to be hungry. Are you going to give them a bite of the fruit? No, you're going to keep it in your pocket because you're selfish. Or you don't have no fruit because you ain't free. Oh, got quiet again on me. Stay with me now, 1 Corinthians. We're trying to close chapter number 9. 1 Corinthians chapter number 9. Are you with me? Say amen. Verse 18. What is my reward then? Verily that when I preach the gospel, I may make the gospel of Christ without charge, that I abuse not my power in the gospel. Ooh, boy, that's tough, ain't it? For though I be free from all men, yet have I made myself servant unto all that I might gain the more. What's he saying? Because I'm free, I'm not going to have my nose stuck up in the air. I'm not going to be headed and high-minded and look down on the lost. (laughs) I hate to say it, but over the years of preaching and being saved, I've heard people say, I don't want that crowd in my church. I've heard that, folks. I ain't making this up. I don't want them to come to my church. Bless God, I want them to come to mine. Amen, I want them to come. I'm going to tell them about Jesus. I'm going to tell them who loves them more than anything in this world. This man called Jesus. You may not want them in your church. Can I say this? You ain't got a church. You got a social club. And you got restrictions on the membership. Oh, yeah, I've been not allowed in a lot of clubs I went to join. No, we won't allow you in here. Guess what? I didn't really want in there no how. I just wanted to see what the standards was. What's your standards tonight? If you understand how free you are, you'll want others to be free. Mm, God help me now. Woo! 
<laughs> and unto the Jews I became as a Jew that I might gain the Jews to them that are under the law as under the law that I might gain them that are under the law. Now I want to stop right there just a minute and just emphasize just one thing. If you're trying to win a drunk, you don't go in the bar and order a beer. Amen. Be Bill. Bless your heart. I'm glad I met you years ago. He said, preacher, they throwed me out of my church. I was a deacon, Sunday school teacher. Said, I went down to the bar and witnessed to them. Said, I ordered a beer. I said, if I'd have been your pastor, I'd have mashed your mouth. Not only throwed you out of the church. I said, Bill. He said, oh, you've got to do what they're doing so you can fit in. I said, I'm not trying to get into their crowd. I'm trying to get their crowd into my crowd. And he just couldn't see the difference. He couldn't understand why his church churched him. Are you that kind of fellow here tonight? What he was saying was, I'll honor their traditions as Jews. Amen? You need to study the Jewish tradition. It wasn't ungodly and unholy. They just wasn't recognizing Jesus as Lord and Savior. But he said, I understand their concept. I understand. You remember when we had the Savior out here? And he explained all about that. That opened a lot of eyes, mine especially, on what it represents. They were talking about Jesus the whole time, didn't even know it. Still are to this day. That's what he was saying to you and I. To them that are without law, as without law, being not without law to God, but under the law of Christ, that I might gain them that are without law. To the weak became I as weak, that I might gain the weak. I am made all things to all men, that I might by all means save some. And this I do for the gospel's sake, that I might be partakers thereof with you. Are you with me? Do you want anybody to be with you in this gospel? (laughs) do you get up and move with somebody you don't like sits beside you (laughs) let me ask you a serious question why don't you like them you just don't know preacher what they done to me what if Jesus felt like that you wouldn't be saved oh you're growing I hope you are stay with me now Know ye not that they which run in a race run all, but one receiveth the prize. So run that ye may obtain. Are you with me? Every man that striveth for the mastery is tempered in all things. Now they do it to attain a corruptible crown, but we an incorruptible. I therefore so run, not notice this as what he's saying, not as uncertainly, so fight I, not as one that what? Beat at the air. But I keep under my body and bring it into subjection, lest it by any means when I have preached to others, 
I myself should be a castaway. Listen. Are we in it to win? Are we in it to win? Is that why you're running the race? Now I want to tell you something. I ran track when I was in junior high. Played football. Played basketball. We were running the mile. I think there was 10 or 12 of us running that day. What the coach was doing, seeing who his fastest people were in certain events. I came in second that day. When I came back and he was talking to us, giving us our times and stuff, he said, Hensley, you'd have been first if you hadn't to give up. I said, what do you mean? He said, I seen you looking. And in your mind you said, I can't pass him. So you just meandered behind him. Does everybody know what I'm talking about? What he was saying was, if you really wanted to win that thing, you could have. And that stuck with me to this day. It doesn't matter if you win that race. What matters is winning this race. Now I'll say this. Everybody that finishes this race wins. But we got to finish the race. And we run because we're free. Amen. Remember my little purpose-driven declaration? I won't look at those that's running by me. I won't be sidelined by those that's on the sideline. You remember that part? Sometimes we get looking off over yonder or we're saying he's faster than I am. You're an individual that God can save. You're an individual that God wants to use because you are free. You may only win one. You may only plant one seed your entire life. But ain't it worth it? If you get to heaven and you only got one little point in your crown, ain't it worth it? Look at it this way and I'll say amen and we'll go home. The one seed that you sow may be the seed that sows another seed to win your family. Your grandchildren, your great-grandchildren. Because you sowed a seed because you are free. The devil will make sure that you think that you're not worthy. The devil will make sure you think you're disqualified. Am I right, brother? Am I right, Randy? You know, God don't call nobody that'll come. He don't call them. Why would he say, whosoever will, let him come? Are you a whosoever? Then you can be made free in Christ Jesus. Salvation is for all. He said, it's not my will that any should perish, but that all would come to repentance. So why haven't we repented? I couldn't help but think you're one breath away, one heartbeat away from hell or heaven. Where will you spend eternity? 
depends on if you're free or you're still in bondage. See, I'm still a sinner, but I'm a sinner saved by grace. When I stand before God, Satan's going to say, look at this worthless, no account, good for nothing. Listen to what all he's done. And Jesus is going to step over on the scale and God's going to say, I don't remember one thing. Not one thing because his blood covers us. Are you free? Are you truly free? Can I say this and we'll go home? Only you can really answer that. You can put on a good face and fool me. It ain't hard to fool me because I take everybody at face value anyway. If you tell me you're saved, and that's what I tell family members, they say, will you go talk to him? I say, well, he confessed that he is saved and everything was all right between him and God. That's all I got to go on. I know when he stands before God, God will be just because God knows every deed, whether good or evil. So I'm asking you, this is 4th of July, Freedom Weekend, America, the greatest country on earth. Because we have a great Savior that's fought our fights and has won our battles. I wish I had the knowledge to go back and tell you all the things that I've studied over the years about how God intervened in our armies many times. But there's one stands out in my mind tonight They were on the ocean. They were trying to get to shore, but they knew they couldn't get to shore because it was open. And they had guns up on the hill. And they knew they were going to lose a lot of soldiers if they just went boldly in there. And it came time to go. And God sent a fog. God sent a fog and they went ashore and the enemy didn't even know there's a shore. Well, that's just a coincidence. You can believe that if you want to. I'm going to call it a miracle because the weather forecast was for clear weather all the way and God let a fog roll in and hid the whole army coming in. That's the God we serve. That's the God that made America great. That's the God that will make your church great. That's the God that will make you great. And just remember, if I could win only one and be a hindrance to none, I do believe my Lord would be satisfied with me. Let's stand to our feet. Heads are bowed and eyes are closed. Brothers, come and play softly if you would, something real soft where God can speak to the hearts. If you're here tonight and you need to just come and pray, whether it's for yourself or someone else, just slip out. God has pricked your heart and you know you need to pray right now. You're free. You can do that. You're free tonight to come to this altar and call their name out because you know your name is written in the Lamb's book of life. God is waiting for us to cry out in their behalf and call their names out. That's what he's waiting on.
Because when he set us free, he gave us a desire for somebody else to come into the fold that we love and care about. We don't want them to see them go to hell. We're going to call their name out tonight. And this altar, because I'm free, I've got that privilege. I've got that right. So come. Come right now. Call their name out. Call it out to the Lord tonight. Say, Lord, since you set me free, I want to pray for them to be free. God, I'm concerned about their eternal destination. This is their name tonight. Come on, church.